This episode of the Off Course Podcast is brought to you by Adele Golf. Their SMS weight system allows you to custom fit your irons and wedges on the fly to accommodate your unique swing and produce the best possible contact conditions for your game. Take a look at the SMS irons for maximum performance or the SMS Pro irons for maximum precision on www.adelgolf.com and let me know where the SMS weight works for you. THP Radio on the Hackers Paradise Podcast Network, your number one source for all things golf. Subscribe on iTunes to never miss an episode. Hello, you golfing legends, and welcome back to another episode of the original Off Course. I'm your host, Dan Edwards, and joining me this week is Mr. Jason Horodesky of Kinetics Fame. He always brings a lot of heat to this episode, so get ready. Uh, I expect big things as always. Try not to be uh, running into the back of other cars as you go, uh, despite the fact that he's whipping us into a frenzy of brain activity. Either way, Jason, it is wonderful to have you back on the show. It's always great to be here, Dan. Thank you for having me. So it, it's been a while, and Kinetics is just kind of kicking it. Uh, I've, I've seen hypersonic show up i've seen mock show up i see people talking about zero torque you guys have a lot of stuff going on what is new in your world well and i still can't grow hair so i've been on propecia since that whole time <laughs> in our gap and uh i think i've got one going on but otherwise everything else is is blossoming and flourishing uh, in a in a great way so we're very excited about the the, the present and the future well um uh, super, super optimistic and happy about uh, our position. So we got a lot of fun things going on and, um, and and some developments ahead that should be exciting, continue to be exciting. Okay, Let, let's talk about your future real quick because I feel like a chapter really, the, the page needs to turn on Patterson Kinetics. We're, we're still in this uh, effort to isolate to, I believe, purely Kinetics at this point. There's been a website that's been uh, been trying to get going uh, I know you've had some challenges there. Are things going to f- look different for folks as we get into Q4 in 2024? Great, great question. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's funny because we are an organic company, top to bottom, uh, one of only two in the industry that can say that and, and it can be uh, proven and vetted. The reality is that uh, this one's a bit out of our control. However, we built on, uh, for selfish reasons, um, being wholly owned and organic, um, uh, we basically uh, global conglomerate, just two 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 hubs. Um, we built on a back end system that kind of caused us a little delay. So I know uh, Loxodontus uh, Africans uh, has uh, babies in this period of time that we've spoken, and um, and we still can't produce a website, but it's coming. <laughs> it's going to be a big elephant and um, a beauty. So uh, I, we hope that the end user enjoys it. They can uh, embrace uh, us further, identify with us more. You know, we're purpose-driven, uh, very, very purpose-driven company. So that's the objective there. Um, and uh, yeah, Q4 should be the, the kickoff. Ultimately, there'll be uh, some good platforms for end user, uh, richer experience so that they can identify with our products. They'll see that our products are all different, not one of them obsolete, the other. We just continue to to fill out that uh, Venn diagram. And it's really important to us to, uh, to present, um, uh, you know, a product solution that is going to show an appreciable amount of performance for a player that justifies 
um, the investment and, um, and, and not even just for the high net worth individuals where it's, you know, not a big deal, but the investment in time to consider us and, um, you know, safe, transparent, um, and, uh, and, and really, again, purpose-driven uh, company, innovation, first and foremost. We stop nothing uh, short of, uh, uh, of dedicating our entire company to that. So we do things others can't do. And, and um, um, of course, others can produce websites faster than we can, but hopefully that'll be all, that'll be a moot point soon enough. Well, websites aren't going to straight down my driver's swing. So uh, I, right. I, you mentioned wholly organic, uh, or at least the kinetics in, 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 as a whole is an organic company, all it's sort of working within itself. Yeah. One of the things I've noticed over the years, and especially when people complain, is there is an issue between point A and point C, I suppose you could say, or even point B or D or whatever, uh, yeah. where it's this conception of idea to product development to product creation and between development and creation there's a fairly large gap between not only the control but the end result it sounds to me like the way that kinetics is constructed and and based on our conversations you are very finite in your your focus on precision it being this style of company allows you to tighten every aspect of that right yes unequivocally and so there's two things that 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 are barriers to um innovation and it can be likened to the university and collegiate level what's what we call administratia <laughs> so administrations uh, admissions uh sometimes overgrow uh, their boundaries and they become top heavy institutions and it prevents either very talented students from you know getting an education and or um the proper uh, entrance uh getting enrolled and in a company at a corporate level independent of being golf but golf particularly has that um you've got companies that are a little too big so they're bureaucratic they're, they can't make decisions fast enough they leave some of their best stuff in the r&d room and or they're cost driven so much so that that's a determinant to when they'll release what what is their best stuff or companies will um, um release their best stuff first and then profit in the second and third generations and um or companies who really don't have that organic control and in which case they're relying on a buying agent someone to help them with development all, all these layers so um where we differ is that we're you know we're lean and mean in a sense you know we're we're just just at 100 employees and we have a three Point two million shaft golf shaft capacity, two different processes. We're also one of only two companies that um, actually make raw materials, and we're automobile uh, manufacturing certified AMA certified supplier. Um, that's unique. We bring raw materials. They, we take them out of the United States, Japan, Korea, and in Taiwan, uh, and when we produce um, various uh, very performance driven. Um, uh, prepregs and and um, uh, fiber reinforced plastics, and um, that makes us very unique. So we have total control of our manufacturing process, which leads to a very unique and open uh, you know road for innovating and iterating quicker on innovation. And um, and and there's no um, shortfalls. It's not layered, and we're not just trying to build a brand, which we're going to work on now, but that element of this is really key 
Um, so we make decisions fast. We're, we're putting our, our innovation ahead of just, you know, all these other elements that get in the way. Um, and so, uh, yeah, makes us very unique, wholly owned organic company. So we do everything under our roof. Um, we're the only shaft company that actually engineers and manufacturers club heads as well. So we have an ODM, OEM business for that. And um, so we're proud of, of, of that. We're the go-to company. No is not really in the vocab. Um, sometimes our client base will say no. <laughs> Too much. Put on the pump the brakes. It's going to be, you know, like we have our own objective, what we need to do. But, but at the end of the day, it's not coming from our oven. Interesting. It seems like it's very tech forward there, but I'd love to dial it back a little bit and and get your perspective on this overall shaft. I don't want to say design philosophy, but more or less just the 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 concept capacity of shafts and how much they've changed over the last. Uh, I guess you could say five, then ten, then twenty years. Uh, have you seen this uh, significant progression? Is it is it on a straight line? Or are you seeing more of a, a hooking curve? What what is the shaft concept capacity changed over the last five, ten, and twenty years? I think I can speak to golf in general as a manufacturer, and I think we're we pride ourselves in being a tech savvy industry, um, but by virtue of where we stand today versus by, by comparison to where we were 10 years ago, um, we're not moving fast enough. And, and, and that's an unfortunate thing. Um, and, and why I say that is because we're seeing um, uh, golfers not improve fast enough. And um, some, you know, um, some are, but at the end of the day, there's some constraints on, on uh, progress. Uh, it's a frustrating game at the rudimentary level and the entry level. And we need that. Uh, we need it to be friendlier. We, we need a little bit more um, focus on that. And so, but, but as, as a manufacturer, I can speak to what we do today is so much better than what we did five and 10 years ago at these intervals. And um, the unfortunate thing is that cadence has been set by governing bodies that really um, have self-serving interests not necessarily for the good of the game. I'm, I'm in disagreement with that wholeheartedly and in many ways. So um, where I think we could go is uh, a compounded uh, accelerative curve, very linear, straight up um, golf shafts that are, uh, it's not just about weight. Uh, it's about distribution of weight. Um, it's not just about profile or EI. It's about um, uh activity of the, of the of the beam how you can tailor that beam and what it's tailored to do uh in essence um uh these are passive systems i'd love to see active systems out there um and 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 much more uh, focus on true innovative technologies that could be you know uh groundbreaking for the average golfer to to get that um uh, beginner entry level uh, golfer with, you know, seeing successes that they would otherwise not see and perhaps get dissuaded by and then quit the game. And uh, we're at a great point in golf now as an industry participant level. We want to maintain that. I think everybody needs to look at that. And that's done through innovation and, um, and, and uh, 
exploration. And I think that that blows the lid off the general thinking of where we're at today, um, how the game is structured, how equipment is released, how we're just also married to um, the, the, this you know, biblical rules and uh, equipment rules and appendices section of, uh, of a rule book that um, I think needs to be a little bit more open and freer, uh, like other technologies are. Um, and, um, and, and so from that perspective, um, knowing what we can do today versus what we could do yesterday, that's always driven by commercial successes. Um, and at the end of the day, knowing what we can do in the future, um, I'm very optimistic. Uh, I think we're going to see um, some radical shifts in, in the paradigm, if you will. Let me ask you a question that I think might open up the the gates of your madness a little bit here. Um, I, I had this thought about how I feel like shafts by design are, are I don't want to say this incorrectly because I think there's a chance for you to really build off it, but it, it seems like the, the shaft construction discussion is, is more produced of like a static flex profile. Do you see a situation where the conversation shifts more to a reactionary flex profile where yeah. there's an understanding that, that golfers are all different and we're more chasing these certain components rather than, oh, you don't swing fast enough. You're very smooth uh, overall. Your speed's this, so then go into this. Yeah, and I think that, that with the fitting level, the, the constraints, poor trained fitters, guys who don't understand the physics of ball flight, impact mechanics unfortunately you don't need you're not gonna gonna get a rocket scientist fitting you but the reality is um that causality is is critical to determining what a player needs and uh, a lot of times you'll see uh, the fitting experience get kind of thrown in uh, a bucket and it's either time constraint and then there's so time constraint on the basis of the fitting session it's um uh fitting matrices for shafts that are just absolutely lapped. They're overlapping each other. It's nonsensical. Um, and um, ultimately that bespoke aspect of, of um, product technology is where we're going. I mean, we're seeing it in other industry and other technology, but golf should be no different. So um, yes, to your question, reactive is, is critical. Like the causality of that ball flight cause and effect of, you know, you know, why are you hitting it this way? Let's find a solution that is demonstrable. And, um, and, and, and back to construction um, and what you're seeing, generally those uh, inhibitors are the determinants uh, that I kind of spoke on earlier, their cost, their layered effective company and corporate structure, or how company that might have a brand, even some famous brands that don't make their own products, are constrained by costs because they're, they're they're really trying to carry their brand equity, but they're not able to deliver on the performance that they need to and make demonstrable gains in performance. And ultimately, then you've got construction, which is the confluence of materials and design. And 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 how you make something will predicate how a material performs. So I've spoken on this before, but our use of Kevlar is so novel. No one else is using it the same way. When we preloaded the Kevlar. We're using Kevlar yarn. We're filament winding it. No one else can do that. We're producing net parts, parts that do not get put through a centerless grinder. That is the only geometrically spineless shaft technology in the planet. That's our new mock. It's found in our ballistic series. 
um, one half of the launch series. It's very, very novel. Our Tune Zero Torque, anything wow. I mean, that is that is the only, only shaft technology in golf that uh, is geometrically spineless. And there's uniqueness to that because you can, you know, like a, like a tennis net bed, you can preordain a shaft for tension in the same way that you can um, set up the winding pattern that you can see. Very important. Um, so yeah, uh, these things are, are really critical to that responsiveness uh, and that aspect of performance that you're speaking on. Um, and then where, the, where we could be going could be outrageous. Wait till we put uh, uh, SMD parts onto a shaft and, and, and we're dealing with active fiber composites. Um, I, I want to challenge a lot of that really quickly because I feel like zero torque inherently is counterintuitive to what a golfers are constantly chasing on a golf course, which is maximum feel. When your torque ratio is so low, you're instantly being provided with feedback on poor strikes, but you're also gaining the benefit of that club head not being so reactionary to a poor strike, uh, which is beneficial. So like, are, are you kind of meeting in the middle here? So w- my thought there is that zero torque, it really inherently is a reactionary flex profile in total. Um, but I guess my question back to you is, is that why it will succeed so much? Because they, despite the fact that it may give a little bit less than, or a lot less than a traditional putter shaft, which might not be as, satisfying on a miss to a lot of people is it will it succeed purely on the fact on the merit that it will perform better than the the counterpart well constraints on on one plane open up an entire realm of freedom on other planes so um zero torque uh for us in our our putter line is um and, and it's very impact specific so would we give a driver that no most no, there isn't a golfer on planet earth that could hit uh, um we we get challenged when we get too low in torque for for a full beam because and we've got the, the greatest most extraordinary elite fastest athletes in the planet dominating the sport of long drive with our product technology it's a great testing platform now because it's catching the eyes and ears of PGA and LPGA uh, tours um, uh, players, and, and, and that's important to us. But the reality is um, at the putter level, uh, it opens up a lot of other freedom. So it opens up a responsiveness um, on a plane that's much more important than um, uh, the torsional plane. And we want to isolate so, so this whole body. We want to really minimize some of the movement because we, it's a longer ball dwell. You're dealing with maybe 270, 275 to 325 microseconds versus a driver impact that could be 200 to 250 microseconds. And, and so it's, it, you, you have this uniqueness. You've got insert in the head and all this variability that we're not seeing kind of come across as, as predominant in, uh, say, a driver or iron and such. Um, so, yeah, we want to control that environment to open up freedoms and other. And, and it's not feelless. Um, it's not uh, over over uh, damped, if you will, because that's a buzzword industry's using. Uh, vibration damping is is um, is a, a caveman expression. It's a euphemism for they. I got nothing else. <laughs> really, honestly, I, I, I hate to say it, but 
any shaft company that talks on that because you're talking about hands and right now in passive systems. You were talking about an active system. Yeah, damping and, and vibration suppression controls are really, really authoritative. In this case here, I mean, damping, what is it? It's your tape. It's your grip. And, and uh, uh, we've done uh, some lately a lot of study in the putter world um, and looking at grips. Found one that really shines. I won't speak yet, but the reality is that is to help minimize all the, the motion. It's the sock on the Achilles tendon of the sprinter who jumps out of the blocks that I've looked at quite comprehensively and, and uh, at, at 40 to 50,000 frames a second because I want to look at that. How What's our sock? Our sock's a grip. And, and, it's, and it's held on there kind of by a, another layer of tape, a gooey layer. And so we want to minimize that mo motion there too. So, so we really want to unify this whole global assembly so that we can actually then create um a, a quiet environment for the dynamic so, so two things here number one i'm, I'm laughing because you're yeah. the second person in two weeks on the show to say that vi vibration dampening is a bit of a you know we'll, we'll pass that on to the next person because it's uh beyond us <laughs> but <laughs> the other thing i wanted to say is i've always had a a contention with grips that are spongy if you will or soft mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. don't have a real genuine connection to the putter shaft in total i've always felt like there's a disconnect there and, I, and i'm sure a lot of that is that um that sort of reactionary or rebound effect when you make contact or move it through your hands so it, it's nice to know that my perspective on that and 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 admittedly there are plenty of them out there that are designed to eliminate some of the other flaws that golfers have uh, mm -hmm. And thank goodness for that, because if you've ever seen a wristy putter, you may as well put one of the big sponges in their hand. <laughs> mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. the the thought for me was I feel disconnected with my putter and, and especially my time using zero torque. There's no better way to feel connected to a putter than have a, a grip that is firm and connected and glued to a shaft that is firm and connected and glued to a putter head. Like it just seems like a full marriage. Right, right, and and it, it that's through and through through the bag, quite honestly, because you want to minimize that the, the moving parts, and and so yeah, it's not a shock absorber. Or you're not you're not driving down you know the street wanting this cushy ride. You want to couple a um, it's a membrane the grip is, and you want to couple that to the the shaft to minimize risk injury, um, isolate some of the unknowns that could occur through various different impact locations. Um, and golfer scenarios, and you know, put you know, put put to put to use, um, put to practice type uh, situations. So yeah, you want to you want to. It's not even saying a happy medium. You you want to really have a, a quiet environment and giving someone something with a grip with feedback and and gushy you know cushy soft even arthritic conditions. That's a misnomer too. You, I mean, you're not gonna. Um, uh, that that mode of frequency. These are low order, like we're talking under two kilohertz modes that are disrupting that golfer. But then what was what was the, some of the buzzwords? Oh, let's give you soft, oversized grips to you know, make it real cushy and absorb this vibration, unwanted vibration. What actually what you're doing is you're creating creating this uh, circumferential circumferential torsion that is damaging to the golfer they can continue to get tennis elbow or whatever your bursitis could flare up in the hands and the 
and and the joints as a result of too much, uh, you know, very lossy grip. Spongy grips, a lossy grips, losing energy. The whole, whole global assembly is losing energy, whether it be at a putter or a driver. It's a no go in my book, um, and and that's quantified. It's strain gauges looking at motion and. And the higher the velocity, the, the, the worse that looks. Uh, you get this separation like the sock on the Achilles tendon of the runner, who's an incredible athlete coming out of the blocks. And, um, and there's just a lot of motion. So the objective is to you know, quieten that, mitigate risk, mitigate injury, reduce the, the opportunity for that at least. And uh, last time I uh, have heard, I don't hear any great pianist come up to the Steinway and say, can we make ebony and ivory a little bit different shore hardness? I mean, the, 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 the pianist plays the instrument. So you set up the conditions for that and, um, and, and, it, and it becomes something that you have to play. That's part of it. I mean, you can't become the golf club. You are presented with one. And, and so objectively, you want to be presented with a, a technology that's capable of delivering uh, bespoken to your, to your needs and, and at the same time, less disturbances. And that's key. Very, very key. So yeah, grip is a big thing, and even even some of the most popular grips on tour, uh, putter level, it's really shocking actually um, that that those are um, number one their design language, number two the material use, and and number three some of the ODs. Uh, in addition to that, you're just separating yourself from the club. So you might have a band aid, might work good for a short period of time, but ultimately it gets. Um, you get distance from the product you're playing, the technology you're playing. It should really be part of you. It should be tailored to you, tailored to your gait, tailored to your swing, whatever, you know, however it is that you're, you're looking at it. However, the, the, the esoteric part of it, that the fitters, which I think is a blow dart approach sometimes at some of these fitting studios, <laughs> when the, the, the shaft matrices run into each other, it's, it's a blow dart. You know, let's, let's figure out which one works for you. We got, we're on the clock here and, you know, this bucket's full. So I'm going to blow a dart at that balloon wall and, and maybe want something will pop and we'll get some, uh, we'll, we'll find a, a home run here. I, that that's very chancy. You know, I don't like that. I don't like my odds on that. Not for any period of time. Well, I like that. I'm unintentionally smart in my decision to play a, a very firm grip. Then. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm just claiming that right now. It's that's me. Yeah. That's mine. It, uh, honestly, I, I felt like that, you know, that there was the, the, the group, came back with the old leather grip. I really thought that that should have taken off. And, and it's unfortunate that it hasn't. Um, but honestly, you know, you look at that, as long as you don't have something that gets brittle and, and cracked, you know, I mean, within reason, there's polymers that can emulate that now. Um, uh, pleather, right? <laughs> but but the reality yeah. is you, you, can t- you can tune for that. These are just simple things to chemistries that are very easily um, dealt with. But, but there's a point when, yeah, too much is not a good thing. Well, I'll tell you what, you've got two shafts that are worth talking about right now. Uh, I know J-Man has some information up on the THP homepage if, if you folks haven't had a chance to go check that out. Uh, but one's called Mock and one's called Hypersonic. Uh, Jason, do you want to take some time to walk through the differences in the two and then just give folks an idea what they can expect if they were to go and try it for themselves? Absolutely. So, so in essence, um, uh, you have two different construction technologies. And uh, hypersonic is a. Um, uh, did I lose the mic? On I apologize nope, for that. I'm, um, I'm with you. Nope. Yep. So okay. All right. Yeah. Um, hypersonic is a um, 
is a, a laminate uh, technology and it's vacuum cured nano nano or amorphous nanocarbon uh, matrix uh, proprietary. Uh, it's the highest use of nanocarbon in the sporting world, and it took took what we did in velocity, which is still very very uh, popular and very relevant in our uh, product mix, um, and it 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 sort of created a more conventional, if you will, bend profile. Velocity is um, is incorporating a dual flex point, high fulcrum, low butt. So the whole center section, 70% of that shaft is very stiff. And um, what we're able to do in, in hypersonic is, um, is take a more conventional single bend profile and, and look at the beam from top to bottom as opposed to um, two tops and, and or two, one, one bottom, one top um, uh, in velocity. And, um, and so it's an ultralight, but it is not the lightest in the ultralight category if you look at it statically on paper, but it's lightest on the relative sense um, at, at its balance point. Um, so it presents uh, effective playability weight that is extremely light by comparison to um, the paper weight. So it's you know, 50 grams at our soft flex D10 and, and um, uh, you know, uh, 54, 57 and 61 uh, respectively in the flex profiles, but you're, you're dealing with a 56% balance point, which is very, very novel in a laminate construction. Vacuum cured, lowest resin content in the world. Uh, all of our shafts are uh, with the highest fiber area weight, lowest resin ratio because of our vacuum curing. We're pulling the, the resin through the shaft. Gives us comprehensive coverage. Um, we're not losing fibers in the case of laminate where those are uh, centerlessly ground post-production. Um, we have the repeatability, reliability. But um, it's tailored for trajectory and for um, launch, um, you know, ultimately launch and trajectory. And then uh, you'll see some spin vectors that are, that are relative to that. So hyper produces, um, you know, sort of, sort of, sort of mid uh, launch, mid, mid spin. Um, whereas our MOX uh, product is an ultra, is a lightweight rather, um, filament wound. It's a one of a kind, so novel. Um, and, um, and geometrically spineless, it is the straightest, most energy efficient shaft technology on the planet. Um, really extraordinary on that basis of, uh, uh the weight category that it's in, it's going to produce lower launch, lower spin and, and fits every golfer, uh, imaginable. Now that stigma of golfers being weight sensitive is really critical. Again, they, they, Layperson looks at paperweight. They don't take into consideration balance points, materials, and construction. Those are really, really important, especially when looking and, and considering kinetics as a as a shaft uh, option. Um, because when when someone takes that into consideration, they'll realize um, that what we're doing um, doesn't exactly um, jump off the paper the same way as in their hands. So we're proud of that part. You know, we over deliver, I guess, perhaps under present under promise, because it's hard to explain that in that narrative sense, um, on a paper spec, there's no, there's no, uh, narrative to a paper spec, but what we're doing, um, for downrange performance, um, uh, is demonstrable. So we're creating an ultralight shaft, um, in a mid spin, mid trajectory profile may not be for everybody doesn't mean it's going to obsolete 
um, our launch series or our velocity series or a ballistic series, which is a flagship technology that gave birth to the mock. Um, uh, but the reality is very, very uh, pertinent for a lot of golfers. And um, back to that reactive level, you know, some golfers need some spin. Um, some even at the higher velocities need spin. We're seeing hypersonic do really well, even in our long drive athletes. Um, we've got, uh, we just had a win on TV the other day, a pink product. Um, um, and, you know, that, that's a, 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 an incredible female athlete, Sandra Karlborg, and, and she hits it like, most men dream. And, um, um, and at the end of the day, uh, uh, it's a great option in the ultralight category. Um, it will deliver as promised and our mock series, same thing. It's un unmatched in a, it's the ultimate lightweight player shaft trajectory and, um, spin ultimately spin. Um, I won't just hammer on that. That's the deliverable because everyone wants to hear that, but the reality is, it... is no golf shaft companies going to take claim for spin. We're going to set up the impact conditions such that we'll determine how, how spinny a club head is, if you will, or, or the setting or the tailored fit relative to the build. So when your Monday mornings arrive and you're sitting around collecting ideas for the next option to come out, is, yep. there, is there like this moment where you all kind of just sit back and laugh when you come up with ideas that actually work, but they're also like, completely opposed to what a lot of people think should happen for example lightweight players shaft like you just mm -hmm. said that and it just kicked me in the face i have no better yeah. way of putting it and as you yeah. described hypersonic there was this there's this piece of the conversation where you willingly admitted that it's very challenging to educate and i think that's one thing that kinetics uh, has sort of dealt with over the last couple of years is a true education on what exactly the shaft is going to do for each individual who participates in, in swinging it. I right. think that was really telling. Um, <laughs> and, and I'm assuming as we continue to pursue, obviously new website, new content coming, there will be an opportunity to better understand that. But my next question right. is, is part of that because we are all so grooved with what we have yeah, yeah conditionally sure. over the our, our entire golf careers do we we all have this sort of perspective on what we expect based on what we read and right. when it comes up and disrupts that it, there are two things that happen number one we disagree immediately until we're proven <laughs> wrong uh, yeah. but also number two we struggle to understand it because it's so inherently opposed to what we've been learning about do, do you right. think that is one of your biggest challenges at kinetics right now it is education and and that's our objective moving forward it's because you know i consider us a safe and and transparent company because look at our technology we're the only company that doesn't sand and repurpose our shafts we can't because post-production handling people can hardly pull our shafts without destroying them um, but the reality is education is key and the convention you speak of you allude to convention um yeah, honestly, I'd love to hear contrarian views. And so I understand the argument because it would, it would, um, I would be remiss if I was just blinded and saying, oh, my way is the only way. The reality is such that I don't see a ceiling. So back to several points made earlier in the essence, I, I really believe the sky is not the limit because it's golf and, and sport 
but the reality is sporting apparatus uh, is in plurality. Um, but the reality is that these conventions are built around those structures prior, these, these determinants. And whereas I don't think that benefits performance ultimately for the player and, and where the players see the most demonstrable gains. I mean, look, sometimes you, you, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you a question. What's the best technology you've seen this year? What is the most innovative technology you've seen this year and why? Well, right now on the spot, you're going to do me like that, Jason? Just in general, in general. No, no, it's casual. I'm not going to hold you on it. But like, like, what do you believe in general? You can generically describe. Have you seen something improve a golfer's experience, um, downrange performance, enjoyment factor, so demonstrable that it's a must-have? Yeah, so... Uh, there's one thing that I've saw that I can't really talk about, but yep. um, if if I had to pick one thing and I didn't say no, nothing, mm-hmm. um, I think the introduction of the AI face from Callaway is we just had Zach Oakley on the show to talk about the new Apex uh, Pro Series. Mm-hmm. And there's this component of that where they're bringing this AI technology into the iron heads that that yep. seems to be just really, really forward thinking from a, uh, an efficiency standpoint, a consistency standpoint. Um, yep. and, and I'm only presuming here. So uh, yep. that, that, that would probably be at the top of the list. Yeah. Good. So I can speak on that in, this, in essence as it relates to what we do. Good. So, um, so, so what they're doing is, uh, and, and hats off to the guys at Callaway in general. I mean, they, 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 they've now, they, they, you know, under chip, honestly, it, it's, you know, in the industry, we'll, we'll speak whole candidly on this because we go way back. Um, uh, the reality is that he let the R&D guys get some of their better stuff to market. And it speaks to the earlier comments made. Um, so what you're seeing now, and then then that success has bred more success. So over the years, you've seen this evolution of Callaway more co- true to their core. There was a period where they weren't evolving and they were static and they were a big brand, great distribution and an untarnished brand for that matter, but just static. It became an old man's brand, if you will. I hate to use that saying, but it, it, it was. It was, it was oh, that's, a, that's not young not male it's not female it's not it was just an old man's brand it kind of and so they became innovators again and so when you innovate you have the ability to breed more success and so you can accelerate the curve of putting great innovations to practice they become more affordable they become more demonstrable and they you know they become more available for everybody and that's the same for us with, with, with what we do as we see people receive our product technology and, and they actually understand um, and that education piece is, is critical that um, they will see firsthand what we're talking about and seeing is believing. And, and from that perspective, it breeds success and, and ultimately then, um, and that creates this movement, but sometimes you see the lower hanging fruit succeed and, so it creates that convention that that really stifles growth, and you see consortiums and, and and monopolies, and and then that that stifles growth. So the industry as a whole is in a better place because more brands are able to show innovative, uh, you know, um, uh, strides. Um, not all, but more, 
And, um, and I think we're a leader in our category that way. We do things no one else is even close to doing yet. And so ultimately, um, you know, I think it becomes about getting the consumer uh, confident in what it is that we're in teaching them, informing them of, presenting to them, rather than what they're used to hearing, what they need, what they should be doing, and that's not always a better option. It's why they're not improving. I mean, we've seen it time and time again. I, I, we must receive, you know, five hundred emails a month of, uh, you know, lessons and fittings, and I'm just I'm not seeing it. I, I got it for a short, you know, the shines off the, um, the roses off the bloom. You know, it's three weeks out. I feel like wow, I, I just spent all this money and I found you guys. Now it's it's a whole new world for me. How come I wasn't presented this, or why wasn't? And it, so the, these are conventions, right? So, so there, there, there are con, some constraints that have to be addressed. And either you educate directly and innovate and deliver, and that continues to breed more innovation, or you just go with the flow. And that's a tough place. That's not what we do. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like when I think about kinetics, I think about the ability to experience a range of shafts and a range of swing speeds. And it all circles back to, oh, hey, by the way, this guy who swings at this crazy speed is also in one of our lightest flex shafts. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, hard for people to wrap their head around that. There isn't a one size that fits all. Sometimes you see uh, senior golfers who require heavy, uh, some more mass. I mean, give them give them a little bit of mass. It's physics. We can't defy, defy these laws. I mean, we're, we're not, you know, producing uh, product technology that violates the law of physics uh, and, and nor... Would I ever want to at this point in time? Um, and um, uh, but the convention and, and and this governing aspect of things that's that's been a, a stifler. And listen, hitting a ball twenty yards further isn't going to um, uh, create a ma- malignant tumor. Um, and 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 I think that enjoyment factor is critical. And I don't think you're going to see player athletes shoot fifty fours. And if they did, great. I mean. Uh, that's that's the bowlers can bowl a perfect game pitchers can can pitch a perfect game i mean let's see it in golf i mean i, I challenge anybody to, to 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 put that you know on the line it's not going to happen very often people I mean, more often than not the 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 victor grabs defeat out of the 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 jaws of victory you know i mean we've seen that crushing blows people get their own way but the reality is, um, as someone who uh, leads an uh, innovative company that does things others can't do in the hardware space, um, I want to know that we put our best foot forward at all times and we cover the gamut. There isn't a one-size-fits-all. So every player needs a product solution that's, that, that really is tailored. I mean, you talk about AI, you're going to see movies tailored to AI. I mean, this, 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 it's a side note, but you're going to see all this content chopped up into a movie that you got your two favorite actors and look at the song that just got nominated for a Grammy award uh, meshing uh, AI version of Drake and, and um, um, uh, the, the, uh, the rapper, the Drake and, and the weekend rather um, Abel. <laughs> uh, the, the fact is uh, that's, that's going to be the, the, the go-to hanging, you know, entertainment factor. Why can't it be in something that we wear or something that we use, a sporting apparatus. So we're setting up the equation. You're not going to be able to just quickly pluck out a golf shaft that works for you in a fitting studio. 
but you can present an array, six different profiles that really do cover this wide. You go super wide in this case. You're not going to go um, this, this, most of the brands are that they're in a business sense, two inches wide, a mile deep is the core. That's the essence of business. But in reality, to present fitted products, you need to go a mile wide and, and two inches deep. In essence, your two inches deep, that depth will give you the flexibility you need to go wide. And, and that wideness is critical to fitting the widest array, the most amount of players. Now you all ultimately want to do that with less. So if you're an innovator, you will find a way to be efficient, to deliver six profiles versus 20 that will cover the width that you need and deliver performance. And, and at the end of the day, that's kind of the objective here. Um, what you need versus someone else, your exact speed needs could be entirely different because of your profile, your swing profile, your DNA, your club DNA, your, your own golfer DNA, but your same club speed, your same caliber player. Um, and so from the fitting perspective, that really um, speaks to the tailored aspect um, that is that it's, it's not the fitter. Fitters are at the ultimate level. If they've got the right products in front of them, they are analysts who then assemble. They're not, they're not builders in the sense of a core organic building. They're not engineers. They're not reinventing the wheel. They're taking pieces and parts that are available to them in the open market and they're assembling them. It's that simple. And so um, it's our job as manufacturer, and, and I speak for every manufacturer, to deliver product technologies that really do demonstrate uh, variable performance uh, characteristic traits. And, and that's that simple. That's what we do at Kinetics. That's what we're, that's our wiring. That's our DNA. That's our Monday morning um, through Monday evening. <laughs> you know, it, it, it never stops. I mean, uh, and we throw a lot of uh, ideas at the wall. Some of them just don't stick and they smell awful, but if you don't try it or if you don't break stuff, you don't learn. So um, that's kind of where we're going. So let me ask one final question, then I'll let you go. Even though it's a fairly loaded one, um, there's been a discussion going around THP for the last week or so talking about whether golfers would benefit from a fitting done by shafts that were completely blank, uh, showing no manufacturer, showing no uh, uh, flex point, showing no labeling conventions at all, just black shafts. Do you think that is the most optimal way to get fit? Okay, that is loaded. Uh, the reality is, uh, um, I won't tap out, but the reality is two twofold. And uh, placebo is big to do, right? I mean, it, it is outrageous how color affects someone's um, perception of a product, which then affects their energy. There's energy in a thought. And, and there's energy in, in, a, in a perception. You know, if you change the way um, you look at something, um, then, then basically that object is going to appear entirely different, right? And, and so, you know, you change your thought on something, um, you change your view on it. And we've done this study 
as a the only golf shaft company that makes and engineers club heads. We've seen it all the time with club heads, where you give someone the same shape, same geometric tensor data, data and all these values. Um, you change the color, it's kryptonite. The same thing happens in shafts. You change the color, and it it is kryptonite. So perhaps um, that is a, a a larger influence than not, but. You can't just simply black out a shaft because there's other elements with that. Um, you know, in essence, uh, paint has a little bit of mass <laughs> and, you know, you, you, you don't want to demunitize a product in that regard. You take the branding off of it, take the flex off of it. So there's no correlation to flex. That's why we went to a coded system. Uh, people still want to ask, is it stiff? Is it regular? But the reality is, it's, I guess that's an eagle thing, right? You see all these golfers and when we never see golfers succeed, um, they can find reliable performance, consistent performance if they stretch up in our products, but they're never going to optimize their, their, their performance if they let their ego get in the way. So that speaks to what you're saying. So, yeah, I think you need to create a very unbiased neutral platform, true sense, not, not where, um, you know, the buzz of agnostic fitting yet 70% of the bidders agnostic fitting, uh, MO, uh, has discretionary budget spent on particular products. And 30% of those, uh, of that budget spend is, is open, uh, play. I think that that's really important. I think, uh, from fairness perspective, the player gets the most, it's, it's honestly, um, and, and that's the goal to give the player the most, exposure that's applicable to what they need and um if that means you know basically muting out color and you know creating a very generic sterile platform it's definitely a possibility i mean take the label off the ball take take the but if you do for one you have to do for all because because you don't know otherwise you have to peel those layers so it's not just a shaft thing so from the loaded aspect of that answer you have to you have to dampen everything if you will since that's the subject matter here <laughs> the reality is you got to quiet and you dim the lights everywhere so if you do for one you have to do for all because you don't know then where the focus shifts um and, and that's very uh difficult as well what makes a great putter great i will say this neurologically they almost all consistently the same time over the ball their focus is almost in the same place and i'm using that as a concise example for when you're testing a driver or irons, you really want to narrow their focus and so that you get the best out of that fit. So you get the best out of the deliverable and the player gets the most out of that set, whatever that might be they, he or she have purchased and or invested in. And that's critical, unbiasedly, completely unbiased, um, without prejudice. And so you have to do for one, you got to do for all. I'll tell you what, Jason, you are a fascinating human being. You know that? <laughs> and I, that's not what my kids say <laughs> thank you well, very much Dan. I, I get to that. play a little bit of a different uh role than they do either way it's always super fun having you on um uh, i'd love to have you back on to talk more about that and there's a couple pieces we didn't get to touch on per usual so uh always always welcome to come back on and, and tell more of your stories well, we certainly enjoy them um anything final to say about mock and hypersonic before we go yeah, we're, we're really proud of these. We've got a, a, a mock tour 
product coming a tool range coming as well to address um, uh, same profile in a slightly heavier mass uh, for our PGA Tour uh, presence. Um, outstanding. We have uh, driver and uh, like we do everything discrete. Uh, so it, engineered system for fairways, specific fairway model, specific driver. These are real player performance. Again, it's to address some uh, playing length um, uh, changes we've seen this year in the last two years. Interestingly enough, the, we've seen a, uh, I believe, a drop in playing length, a reduced playing length on the, at the highest levels. And these speeds are still outrageous, which is very unique. Um, so we've addressed that with mock tour series continuation of, but more for that power hitter, because it speaks to what you mentioned, the l- lightweight players product. So it will still be lightweight, but it'll address elements of that. So it's going to have an effective playability uh, weight lighter than its perceived paperweight and deliver on the player level to address some of the build uh, parameters that we're seeing now uh, being uh, more popular. I mean, um, and, and we have an iron, uh, same thing in the mock tour iron. We believe our iron shaft technology, there's nothing like it on the planet um, in general. And our mock tour is absolutely awesome. It's a, it's a big, it's a bombers setup. So it'll be exciting to see those perform in some of the new heads coming out and, I can say right now I've seen some of that already. And I'm very excited myself. So um, um, it's all good. And uh, other than that, um, yeah, have a look at Mock and, and Hyper. It's it's uh, uh, for those who have watched any of the televised events and World Long Drive, you'll see some pink stuff out there. Some of that might be um, hypersonic. Some of it might be velocity still. Um, but But know that that's in the mix at the highest level and they're the softest flexes. But Benefits the every golf, everyday golfer that much more. And the mock, again, there's nothing like it. It is, you want dispersion, efficiency, downrange performance. We have, this is our flagship product technology. Um, uh, so we're really proud of that. So, uh, and be patient with us for the, uh, the new website coming. We'll hope everyone enjoys it and can at least get to us a little bit better, even, even more so. Although we are, we do a very good job responding to everyone. Um, we expect the end user uh, educational experience to be that much richer and uh hopefully uh, uh they'll they'll see that the same way great uh everyone out there if, if you do want a little bit more information on mock and on hypersonic do go ahead and check out jayman's information james information on the thp homepage. it's there for your consumption we've got some threads going on thp where you can talk about it as well uh, share your perspective. And obviously we will have the, uh, the thread up for this show. So if you're looking to have a conversation about all the madness that just went down over the last hour, definitely come on and, and, and talk it up with me. Cause I'm very curious to hear what people think. If you are playing golf this weekend, have a great time, make it count. And we'll see you guys next week. THP radio on the hackers paradise podcast network, your number one source for all things golf. Subscribe on iTunes to never miss an episode.